Welcome to the Wise Guys Podcast. Wise Guys is your home to interact with the worldwide community of BYU fans in a variety of ways. We're your hosts, Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler. What you're about to hear is the audio recording from our weekly live broadcast. We invite you to join us for the show live every week to chat with us and with other BYU fans. You can find the schedule and watch live at wiseguys.com. That's ysguys.com. Thanks for listening and go Cougs. It is a super Tuesday because it's not raining outside for the first time in a long time, and then it's going to rain all week. So today we're celebrating uh, March 21st. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, welcome to the Wise Guys. We say hello on YouTube. Please subscribe. It's free on Facebook. Like us there on Twitch. Subscribe there. That's free, too. And YSGuys.com, that's our home base. That's where everything is. Right. You, you can get to, if you can't be with us live on Tuesday nights, you can go to YSGuys.com and watch the show in its entirety on, on YouTube through the link at YSGuys.com. Mm-hmm. Or if you're going out on a bike ride, I think the weather needs to get better here to do yes. that. But let's say you're in Florida and you're going on a bike ride and you want to um, download the podcast wherever you find your podcast, but you can certainly get a link at ysguys.com. Listen to the podcast, all the different chapters while you're out there. I've had more and more people um, that I'm running into, they're going, oh my gosh, I I just listened to the to your interview with Danny Ainge. And I'm like, Danny Ainge was weeks ago. And they go, yeah, yeah. I'm just catching up. But I, now that I know about it, I'm listening to your podcast while I'm out ride, riding my bike or I'm out walking, I'm doing whatever. So we don't care how you do it. No. We just, we're just so thrilled to have you with us and, and be part of the conversation. And at YSGuys.com, our interviews with Ty Detmer, Marie Osmond, Jimmer Fredette, Kyle Van Noy, Danny Ainge, Max Hall. Max is going to be with us live again next week. Yes. A slew of others are all there waiting for you. We have such a big football show, which we love, even in March. Spring practice continues as BYU gets ready for the Big 12. We're going to hear from sophomore star Micah Harper here in just a minute. Right. And you had a really nice chance to catch up with Micah. Um, that safety position hopefully shoring up a little bit. And um, we both hung out with Keaton Slovis for about 20 minutes how, after practice. How nice practice. was that? Now, we had, you and I had talked to him before. Right. Um, but... But we we got to just visit with him just kind of casually for a while after practice. And and every time I have an interaction with Keaton Slovis, I go, I walk away and my first thought is, what a great fit he is for this program. Not just, oh, he's a really talented guy that can sling it all over the field, but what a great fit for the program, for this offense. And and he feels like every time we talk to him, um, unsolicited, he always says, I'm here because of how good a fit this is for me. And he was really, he talked to us about how careful he was in selecting where he was going to go for this last year of his collegiate career. Yeah. And, and even intimated that maybe he didn't take enough time to think about why he was going to USC the first time around as a freshman sophomore. Even with a great success he had, his thought process around coming to BYU was really impressive. And I think it's going to be great for all parties, for Keaton and his family, for BYU, and for all of us that watch BYU. Also coming up tonight, what makes a good defensive lineman, former Cougar and two-time Super Bowl champion Chris Hoke is going to join the Wise Guys. We've been working on this interview for months. Yes. It's come together today. We're excited about it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Hey, um, how about Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams in the same backfield in the National Football Did League? you see his press conference Jamal back at New Orleans? Jamal is a national <laughs> media treasure. Let's just face it. And, and everywhere he goes, he is the best interview on the team. And, and you know, hey, Taysom, 
one of the great talents and one of the most freakish athletes. Yeah. He's a freak in a, in a league among freaks, right? Um, in the National Football League. But, but Taysom's a little quieter, right? Jamal, he'll be out there. Yeah. He will be very quickly the voice of the New Orleans Saints. Exactly. And, Whether they like it or not, yeah. he's going to do and it. And it'll be fun. And having he and Taysom playing together again, how fun is that? You, you got to watch it, you know, and, and, and they've got, uh, they got Derek Carr back there to play quarterback. He's not a scrambler. So all the bells and whistle plays with Taysom should be full go. Oh yeah. You'll have a, you'll have full packages Get for down Taysom. there to the three yard line. It's going to be him and Jamal. Where, where's Taysom going to be? He's going to be a quarterback. He's going to be a tight end. He's going to be a running back. He's going to, whatever no. they need him to do, he's going to put up big yards and he's going to score touchdowns. So, oh, cool. Things. And, and, and what does Jamal do better than anybody in the league at running back? Score, score touchdowns. touchdowns, right? So, <laughs> you got that right. We are going to break down the receivers and tight ends who are coming back to Lavelle Edwards Stadium for the alumni game, which is now a week from Friday. Last week, we talked about the quarterbacks. Today, we're going to talk about the guys they're throwing to. That's coming up in just a bit. But the developing story here on campus today is uh, Elder Jeffrey R. Holland of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles came to BYU at the Marriott Center in a devotional and announced that President Kevin J. Worthen's time has come to an end. After 10 years, he will be released effective May 1. And C. Christopher Shane Reese will be the, uh, I guess it's not C, it's Christopher. That's right. where the C comes and, from. And so you'll always see the C, it's for Christopher. Shane right. Reese. And there, there's you with President Worthen. President- this, was, this was when he was inaugurated. This picture's like 10 years old. That's why we both look so young but, man, what a journey he's been on. He's really going to go down as the president of independence yeah. for, for BYU on the sports side. He did a lot of great things on the academic side, so we don't want to minimize that in any way, shape, or form. But he has had to navigate BYU through independence and into the P5 and the Big 12. What a legacy he will leave. And wasn't it nice to have an attorney who understands negotiations mm-hmm. and contracts at the helm of the university during this very critical time for BYU. And think about it. Before he was president, he was the vice president over BYU TV. And we we were fortunate to have him there as he was a big part in the development of BYU TV. Uh, back with Michael Miner, Russ Merrill, we talked about the technical. He was the legal development yeah. of, he, of what we could do and when we could that. do it and how we could get games to show. And, and then he became president and his duties changed. So then Keith Vorkink was uh, the vice president over BYU TV, and that's who we work with. Right. But President Worthen uh, has, uh, I think he missed us. I think he missed the BYU TV days because he'd stay after ball games and just hang out. And then we'd talk sometimes for an hour just yeah, about nothing other than how the game went and how football's going. He, he is so great. We're really going to miss him. But how about uh, Shane Reese? Now, do we call him President Reese yet, or do we wait till he's inaugurated? Um, I don't know. I don't know. President the, to be? I don't know what the protocol is, but... No. Frankly, the first thing that I noticed was that his name is C. Shane Reese. C. Shane Reese. So as soon as you get up that high, then, then your first initial comes you out. You and I are just Dave just and know, We know him as Shane Reese, right? Yeah. So um, he'll be the 14th president. Um, and, and Shane Reese, um, President Reese, it most recently has been serving as the academic vice president since 2019 yeah. at BYU. Um, we've gotten to know him really well during that time. He's a big supporter of athletics. Um, he was the dean of the physical and mathematical science department um, uh, at BYU from 17 through 19. And he actually joined BYU in 2001 on the statistics faculty. So been big time in academics. So 20, 22 years. Here's what I love. This is what sports fans are going to love. So, so he has his bachelor's and master's degree in statistics from BYU. 
which is one of the great statistics programs in the country. So phenomenal, right? right. Then he goes down for his PhD at Texas A&M. Well, part of his study on his dissertation for his PhD was sports analytics. So he's one of the world's foremost experts on sports analytics. He Good. loves sports. He knows how to look at it in every way. He's worked with multiple prof professional sports franchises over the years, helping him with their analytics. Um, he's had an impact on how colleges and all those use analytics to scout and all of that. He's also been a consultant to the National Security Council, um, looking at analytics in, in that way. Um, he's been in lots of businesses he's consulted with um, over the years. Um, so he, he understands sports. And analytics is such a big part of sports. Mm -hmm. He's been a huge supporter of BYU athletics. And let me just say this about, about President Reese. Not the too distant far past. I've watched him and seen him in the Richards building playing just, we call it rat ball, but just Shooting pick, hoops. Up, pick up basketball with faculty <laughs> and staff and, and kids in the RB um, with some of the football coaches and basketball coaches in there. That's awesome. Um he is such, first of all, he's a superstar. Like I just kind of went through his academic background. Right. There's no, he's an academic and, and he's a superstar and a spiritual superstar too. That's how you get to be president university. But you know, what's really cool about, about president Reese is people are going to find that he's unbelievably approachable because he just, it, with all of his accomplishment, he's just a regular guy, yeah. which is really, really hard to do. So so we are going to terribly miss President Worthen because he's been phenomenal. I shot and, him a text this morning. I said, hey, first class from start to finish for President yeah. Worthen. And, and, and my days at BYU started with Elder Oaks mm -hmm. and uh, President Oaks and, uh, and then President Holland. And I have to say, has there ever been a bad president of BYU that we've been affiliated no, with? No, they've all time? been. They've just been great. And you know what's great? Being a former president of BYU because now all the pressure is yeah, off and you can lot. just go. All right, and President Samuelson, uh, uh, President Bateman, uh, all the recents, uh, they're just like, ah, I love my time there, and that calling has come to an end. And, and all of them, starting with Elder Oaks, have been very supportive of the, of the mission of athletics at BYU. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, they, they understand the overall mission of the university, yeah, come, you know, um, you know, enter to learn and go forth to serve, right? But they recognize that athletics is a very visible part um, of that program. It helps to make the students and faculty well-rounded. Um, it, it brings a sense of community to your university. Um, and it's visible to the world. Yeah. So it's a, it's a missionary tool to the university. And all of these presidents have understood that. And that's how we've gotten to know them so well because we've been involved in the athletic right. program for 30 plus years. Yeah. And Elder Worthen was, was very much committed to that. And I know that President Reese, Shane Reese, will be as well because we know him. And, and it will just continue that legacy of greatness um, and, and at the university academic level, the spiritual um, uh, uh, experiences that people have when they, come, um, when, when, they, when they come to this university and the athletic experiences and the prowess of the athletic team. So it's, it's, it's a bittersweet day. We lose yeah. President Worthen, but we, we get President Reese, and, and we, that's pretty cool. We congratulate both families and, uh, and look forward to the days ahead. And, of course, the activities will come. Uh, it'll still be President Worthen until May 1st. Right. And then uh, President Reese. We want to introduce some new members of our show right yes. here. These Cosmo bobbleheads. And let me explain how you can get those at 50% off from the BYU store. So... Uh, if you're watching us live, 
click the link in the chat. If you're watching the recording on YouTube or on YouTube, click the link in the video description. If you're listening to the podcast, click the link in the description. Or if you're watching on a desktop computer, just grab your phone and scan the QR code. The deal is use the promo code YSGUYS50 for 50% off. Now, these are only $19.99, so 50% off, like 10 bucks. Yeah. Is there a better Christmas gift for your grandkids than right here? And that you got the base, you have baseball, you got basketball, you've got uh, soccer, you've got football, Elvis singing, uh, volleyball, and um, what, what, these a, are the coolest little things. Do you have your uh, favorite right now? Well, I kind of like the Elvis. You like the Elvis one? I think <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. I kind I kind of like the basketball guy. Football, uh, the football one. Look at this guy right here. These are legit bobbleheads from the BYU store. YS Guys 50 is the promo code. Now, here's what you got to do. You got to order them separately. You can't just go, I want 50 of these in one order, at least not yet. That'll, that'll probably be a couple of days away. But, but you got to order them individually to get 50% off each one. And, uh, boy, you can get the whole Yeah, pro- promo code is y- YS Guys 50. So Y-S-G-U-Y-S 50 is the promo code or, the, or just scan the. They're great for the office, code. the den, the living room. Yep. Hey, uh, I think. Uh, and we love the, our, our relationship with the BYU store. So order these up and uh, save yourself some money and, and build your Cosmo repertoire. Yeah, exactly. Six opportunities right now to build your, to build your <laughs> these loyalty. Are, these are cool. They're our new friends. Yeah, and we're going we're gonna to be adding pieces to, to our set here as time goes on on things. And then we'll hopefully be able to give you guys some, some discounts on the stuff that we add to our, to our set. We were so. at practice the other day. And they were outdoors, and it felt like November football because there was snow on the mountains. It was chilly. We talked with a sophomore safety, Micah Harper, for a couple of minutes as we wait for Chris Hoke, who will join us in just a second. Let's hear from Micah. Sweet. Let me, um, first of all, how's it going? How's spring? It's going pretty good. You know, we was in the IPF. It felt good the first day being on the grass or being outside at least. You know, I think it's cool. You got a new defense, new coaches, staff new atmosphere. I think it's a good chance for the Big 12. In what ways are you getting better? What are you working on? Uh, just really just understanding the game from a, from a different aspect in the sense that, you know, you got new defense, new coaches, staff. Um, we got different fits now, different responsibilities now. So I'm just trying to learn the whole defense. Also, I'm trying to learn everybody's position on the defense. That's how our defense works now. Because the safety is a quarterback, right? Yep, exactly. Now you look a little thicker. What are you doing to put on some weight? Uh, you know, just... Trusting in the, our new strength coaches that we got, you know, I, that's what that's something that we preaching these days is just trusting everybody, trusting the new staff, uh, knowing that Kalani and Tom Homer is bringing in the right guys to make us better. Does that mean you're eating more? Yeah, you're lifting more a little bit. How yeah. much more can you eat? It's only so much a guy can eat. Uh, and how many pounds are you hoping to put on? I'm good. I feel like I'm. I'm Wait, I'm right 192. Right. Oh yeah, I'm like 192 right okay. now. You know, I feel like. It's a good weight. It's the most I've ever weighed in my life, but I'm keeping the speed that I've, I've always had. What impact has Jay Hill had on the safeties and the defense as a whole? Uh, he's just bringing a new intensity. I know he's, his expectation is nothing but the best for us, and I think that going into the Big 12, that's what we need. We need uh, a high standard, a high bar at the, at the end of the day, and uh, our defense is going to be nice this year. Do you feel some zip, some zip in spring? Yeah. You know, it, it's been a few months since – 
the bowl game, and it's going to be a few months till the opener, but there feels it seems like a good vibe here. No, I, I like it. You know, it, we're going 25 periods a day. We're going really fast, you know, getting a lot of reps. It feels like we're almost in fall camp already, but, you know, I, this, we're football players at the end of the day. You know, this is what we love. Was there a play last year or a moment where you proved to yourself that you can play at this P5 level and be successful? Was there a hit, a tackle? Um, I think my play against Notre Dame, I think it was the second drive of the game, third and eight, and uh, I made that hit on the on the wide out. I think that was like a one of my coming out parties for sure. I think you did a helicopter. Yeah. There was there were bodies flying, and you jumped back up like, you know, <laughs> I can be 5'10 and just as ferocious back Yeah, here. exactly. Last year, you spent every day going against Jaron Hall in practice. Mm -hmm. Today, this year, you're going every day against Keaton Slovis. Mm -hmm. What are their similarities, and what are their differences? Uh, some similarities is, uh, you know, they're both great throwers. You know, they're good at reading the defense, throwing it to the open man, dissecting it, you know, throwing, uh, giving it to the, the ball to the running back if it's uh, if numbers are in the box. You know, some, some differences is Jaron, you know, he's a – more of a runner you know he's a, a real dual threat but Keaton also has shown that he can run the ball as well when he's throwing at your guys and you is he a challenge oh for sure you know I mean we didn't we didn't bring him in for 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 average and mediocrity so do you feel more big 12 ready with him at quarterback for sure no yeah I think A-Rod you know Kalani they did the right thing getting him to come over here and uh, lead our team to the Big 12 championship this year. You have no problem picking him off, though, right? Nah, no problem. And do you talk yeah. smack with you with him after you do? Uh, I do. I haven't picked him off yet, but when I will, like, <laughs> you know, I, I'll get up there. How eager are you for September 2nd? Oh, I'm I'm so excited. You know, this is this is one of the reasons why I came to BYU, play big time football. Okay. Well, you're here now, right? Yes, sir. Thank you. Yeah, thank now you. Stay healthy. Yes, sir. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for your time. Yep. We'll probably. We'll probably have this in the paper on Monday. That is uh, Micah Harper. They're right on my phone recording, and you can read that article about him at Deseret.com. What do you think of Harper coming into a, he, another season? He So in practice, like right after we got there the other day, before you did that interview after practice, um, they were in a live period, and, and he came up and made a hit on the running back. And I was just like, oh, that's what he is. <laughs> that's what he brings. Um, immediately is he wants to be physical. He, he's a big-time physical presence. He's not afraid to throw his body out there and smack people. And BYU has a long history of players at both the strong and free safety position that if you come in the middle of the field, you're going to get smacked, and you know that. And and he brings that and then some. And yeah. and so, yeah, I love his mentality. And, and you and I had a chance to catch up with Jay Hill a little bit. And, you know, you wrote your article for the Deseret News. And right. and, and Jay, when we asked him about, about Micah, he said the first thing that came out of his mouth was he's an unbelievably instinctive football player. Like, he just... Uh, to me, that's the best compliment. You can say, oh, guy's really fast. Or, oh, he's really big. Yeah. Or he covers a lot of ground. But when somebody starts with... He's just a football player. He's got great instincts. That's the great place to start. And that's what his first comment was about Micah Harper. BYU Pro Day, that's coming up Friday. Two hours of coverage on BYU TV starting at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. We're going to see Puka. We're going to see Jaron Hall. We'll see Blake Freeland and 15 others right. doing their thing for the scouts. Like, 
running the 40 and, and, and those things that didn't happen at the Combine. And I think those are big days for Jaron Hall and Pukunaku especially. I, I think um, the guys on Sports Nation today, I was on Sports Nation with Spencer and Jerem, and, and we talked about who can do the most for themselves on Pro Day. I think it's Jaron Hall. I mean, other guys may move up a little bit or have a team get interested in him as a free agent that wasn't before. I think Jaron Hall has a chance to move up big time, not to the number two pick like Zach did, um, but may move up around if he can look healthy yeah. and these these individual coaches can have him do the things that they want to see him do that he'd have to do in their offense. If he shines, he has a chance to move up. So I think the most important you know, pro day for any individual is probably for Jaron Hall. That is on Friday, and you can watch it on BYU TV. A week from Friday, the spring scrimmage. You and I will be on the call as we see Keaton Slovis and the Cougars at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Following that is the alumni game at 5 p.m. Mountain Time on BYU TV. And speaking of alumni, our guest tonight started his NFL career as an undrafted free agent and finished with two Super Bowl rings with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was on the field at BYU for Lavelle Edwards' final home game. And when BYU beat Utah and Salt Lake City to wrap up the coach's legendary career, he made a living with the mean and nasty on the defensive line, an area where BYU's trying to improve in time for the Big 12. Our pleasure to welcome from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Chris Hoke to the Wise Guys. Hey, welcome. Hey, the Wise Guys. What's up, bro? What's up, Chris? We have been working on this interview for months. We're so glad to have you. I'm so sorry it's been so difficult, man. That's that's on me. It just there's so many things going on, and just with life and church and and everything, there's, there's it's it's nonstop. Let's uh, let's start with a big moment. Um, take us in the locker room just before Lavelle Edwards' final home game against New Mexico when President Gordon B. Hinckley walks in, president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, and he addresses the team. Where were you sitting? What do you remember? Oh. I, you know, listen, I was right there, right there close, and it was an amazing experience. I don't think we expected it to be as big of a deal as it was, right? And uh, when President Hinckley came in there and spoke to the team, it was special, right? Anytime you can be in the presence of a prophet of God, it's a special moment. And uh, to hear him talk about Coach Edwards, a, a man that we all love dearly and so many people love, and talk about him the way that he did, and then let us know that, that they were going to change the name of Cougar Stadium to Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and to be a part of that experience was special, right? It was a special time. You know, the season that wasn't going the way we wanted to, so it was great to end the season on, on a win against Utah. Um, I can't be able to spend that. And here, let me, let me share this with you guys. So here's a special thing. All right. So in Blaine, I, 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 got, I, got, I got bragging rights here because I was the only one that played in Lavelle Edwards' last game that he ever coached. Of us? Like, what do you mean the only one? Because the only BYU player. Because oh. Lavelle coached that last game against Utah. Then he went and he was the offensive coordinator yes, for the Hula Bowl. that's right. And I was the only Cougar who played in the Hula Bowl after that. And so I was there for a week with Lavelle and Patty, and Bobby Bowden was the head coach, and um, it was awesome. That and, is so uh, that, cool. I was the only Cougar player that, that, that played in his final game he ever coached. See, that is like, see, that is. That's trivia. That's, and that's a special experience that you got to spend. Because I know Patty was over there with him. And uh, people don't realize, Chris, how good of friends Bobby Bowden and Lavelle were. Like, very they cool. were very close friends. And, and I don't know that people understand how respected Coach Edwards was 
in the coaching community across the country. And you got you got a glimpse of that when you were there yeah. at the Hula Bowl and as you went on and played. I mean, tell people a little bit about Lavelle's legacy and, and how these other coaches just revered him. Well, you know, for one thing, he, he was a heck of a college football coach, right? One of the best of all time. And so they respected him for his coaching ability, right? They respected him for, you know, a lot of, you can go back, but he was one of the pioneers of bringing the passing game. Now they'll argue that was another guy. Just, the coach Edwards was part of all of that evolution, right? Of bringing the passing game um, into in, in college football. And so they, they respected him for that part. But I think what they respected him the most was for the kind of man he was. He was, he's just an honorable man, a respectful man, a respectful man. And a lot of those coaches were like that back then, guys. I mean, a lot of those old school coaches were, were men that were honorable, good men that were loyal to their team. They were loyal to their players. They're loyal to the university and were God-fearing. I mean, they're just good people. A different, it's a different, different time right now in college football. Um, but back then, Coach Edwards was, was really well-respected for the kind of man he was. Yeah, well, well said. You mentioned that, so you played in the Hula Bowl, so you went a little beyond, but so there was that game where, isn't the famous quote from President Hinckley, don't muff it? Isn't yeah, that, that, he said, that was the New Mexico he game. He said, don't, don't muff he it. He was talking to you, yeah. Chris. <laughs> but <and> w- <laughs> Which you guys did not do, but, but then the following week you guys went up to Utah and your rally to beat the Utes 34-27 yep. to send Coach out with, with a final victory in, in the regular season at BYU. How much did that mean to you um, to not only send Lavelle out, but to do it on the road at Utah. It can't get better than that, can it? It can't get better than that. One thing was we, we saved from him going out on a losing record. Yeah. Right? If he would have lost that game, the season would have been a losing record. It would have been a bit of bad taste in his mouth, in our mouth. And, uh, you know, I don't think we knew, though, Blaine, that we were living in history, right? That, that this was such a big moment. You know, you're in college. You're not worried about all those things. You're more worried about – you know, life and you're worried about girls and you're worried about school, you're worried about getting to the next level when you're a senior in college. But when Coach Edwards came in into the, into the team meeting room there in the Smith Field House and said, guys, this is my last year. This was in August during training camp. I don't think we understood that that season was going to be such an amazing season that to be a part of that with Coach Edwards. And the goal and win that game in Utah was a great way to put a cap on a phenomenal I mean, Coach Tomlin would say, put a cherry on top of a phenomenal season. That's such a great point because it seems like the farther you get removed from those experiences, the more, um, I guess the best word is perspective that we get about those things. And we look back and go, wow. Like yeah. we, I, I, lots of times that I spent with, with, with you guys and with coach and all that, I look back and say, I almost, I wish I would have appreciated it. I have a tremendous appreciated for it, appreciation for it now. Um, but I wish I would have recognized how amazing that was and, and, uh, appreciated it more then. So, so your roster years. Um, and by the way, everyone, we're with former Cougar, two-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers, Chris Hoke, on the Wise Guys Live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, y- YSGuys.com. Um, your, your, your roster years at BYU, um, 1994, then you head out on, on a mission, and then 97 through 2000, yeah. you finished with 33 and a half tackles for loss and 10 sacks. Impressive. Nice. So well, that's not great. No, man. come on. It's all right. It's come so on. Good. It was good enough to get me in the NFL. Right. right. So as a former D lineman, <laughs> what do you want to see? Because this is a big jump for BYU to go into a Power Five conference into the Big Twelve. 
What do you want to see from BYU's D-line as they begin play in the Big 12 next year? That's a loaded question. That's, that's a big question. Listen, I, I, think, I think part of the problem is the technique was, un, it was subpar last year. And I played in a Pittsburgh Steelers defense where technique was everything, right? I mean, we had some of the best defenses. I played in some of the best defenses in NFL history with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. And it was all about playing technique and not worrying about um, making plays. And, and last year, the technique was below the line. I mean, I don't know how many times I lost my mind when I saw a guy playing a double team and playing two guys that didn't know how to play a double team. Yeah. I mean, my son's a freshman in high school. He knows how to play a double team. You play one guy and you anchor in him and you play the, you play the outside guy or the, wherever the double team's coming from. And that, that wasn't happening. Or they weren't playing with their hands. They were playing with their chest. And they were out here like this, rather than having their hands in front of them, playing to get off blocks. There just wasn't, there wasn't much technique being played. There wasn't a good pad level. And, I, and, and the kind of part of the frustration, I think, watching the defense over the last several years, there was no scheme. There was always a gap that was uncovered. And you can't play defense if you're, if you're not gapped out, right? I mean, Coach LeBeau was probably rolling over watching some of these games, even though he didn't think LeBeau didn't watch the games, but he's out in Cincinnati. But you, if you're not gapped out, you don't got a defense. And there was always a gap open. And so you're hoping, I think with the new scheme, you'll see better play up front with Sione Puha out there playing D-line. He played for the Jets in the NFL. He played really their defensive line, their 3-4 defense, played a lot like we played in, in Pittsburgh. And so you're going to see some, some technique. You're going to see pad level. You're going to see footwork. And you're going to see gap control. Because if you don't have that, I'm telling you right now, you're going to be giving up. You think you give up all – who was that team that BYU played a couple years ago in the bowl, the bowl game that was freezing cold down in uh, – Where'd they play? Liber- um, was it Alabama, Birmingham, or oh, what yeah, all that? No, yeah, they ran for two hundred yards on them. Think about think Alabama, Birmingham running run for two hundred plus on you. You better wait till some of these Big Twelve teams come in. They're going to run for four hundred plus. Yeah, it's, play like Chris, here you have to do me a, a favor. Um, you need to go when go on wiseguys.com. And I know you have no time because you're stake president and all that. Oh, but, we, but we you got, have your dude, secretary do it. You got to find. Go on the wise guys, and you need to find when Sione Pua came on the show a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. And just listen to his chapters, if nothing else. And it is going to put such a gigantic smile on your face. Sure. Because he is going to talk about what's important to him. Um, and he talks about, because we forget, the Jets have been awful for a lot of years, but not when Sione was there. No, listen. Not when they Sione were, was we there. We played against them. I remember we played them in the playoffs. We played them regular season. Those were tough games, man. They ran the football and they had a kind of a similar identity to the Steelers back then. They weren't as good as us, but they had a similar identity than, than we did. Yeah. Sione was a big part of that in the middle. Well, we talked about, we talk about, he'll, he goes in and talks about two gap versus one gap. And like, so, so talk to us about one gap. And then he went through the little nuances of one gap doesn't mean you just go as hard as you can up the field because then they just wash you down. He says one gap means you're responsible for the gap and you play through this part of the player and you do this and your hand has to be in this position and this yep. is what your footwork needs to be like and I will stand for nothing less than that or you won't play. And it was just... I love it. And, and that's, I how honestly, you play, that's, that's, that's how you play at the next level. It's not... It's, listen, too many people... It was beating my brain in the NFL that you're not here to make plays. You're here to make your play and you're here to do your job and, and not let everybody else make their play when it's their time. And as a three, four defensive lineman, which he played in, he'll know this. We, we you know, it's it's all about good pad level, good footwork, good hand placement. I mean, you see too many people right now crossing over. You can't. I've never seen anybody make a play or stand up on a double team when they're crossing over their feet. You got to stay square, and you got to step replace as you're moving down the line. You, it, it just it's there's there's a way to play D line. And I think, I know Sienna will get him right, because if not, that 
they won't play. So yeah. you got you, Jay Hill. You, you got, got yeah. Jay, Jay has the same philosophy. You, well, you need to listen to it for me, and then I want you to call me, and you're just gonna go. Yep, Blaine, I, I liked it. You're gonna you're gonna like it. How, <laughs> how do you feel about this defensive group? Uh, Gennaro's back, and and then Papinga's back, and 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 Enna is back, and uh, and you mentioned Sione, and then Jay Hill with the kind of the mastermind who who is a disciple of Kalani's defense. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. You know, I think, you know, Jay Hill has been proven as a head coach. He's done it at, at, at the Division One level. Um, and uh, I think with him having the, the energy and the scheme, I, I think we're having, having Guck back, Justin Anna back, and having um, Papinga back, and, and Gennaro's still there. But Gennaro did a good job on the back end. And, um, and really, Sione, these are guys that, that, that know what it takes to get it done. They've been on successful teams. They've been in successful programs. Um, they're pros. And I'm really excited about. It. I'm excited about the change up in the scheme. Um, I really, when I say this, I really mean this. They're they're, they're going to be gap sound, and they're going to play downhill. Last year they weren't gap sound. They weren't playing downhill. They were playing sideline to sideline. They weren't playing. The linebackers play downhill. They don't go lateral. And last year they were taught to go lateral. Linebackers take a power step, and they they they, they you know diagnose the play, and they're blowing up everything. They want to be the first hitter. That wasn't the case last year. That wasn't the, that, that wasn't the strategy. So I think this this everything's going to change. The scheme's going to change. The way they coach is going to change. And I think they've got they've got to change up some players. I think they're, they're going to see you're going to see kind of a an overhaul of that team over the next few years to really fit the kind of scheme, the attacking scheme they want to have. Yeah, and they've already they they've had some transfers come in and some new young players that are stepping up. Um, and frankly, they're developing some of the younger guys um, that I think you're going to be impressed with too. Too, Chris. But, but here's an interesting thing, um, and I'm going to say this without giving away too much. There are still some transfers that, that possibly could come that needed to stay where they were and finish this semester out to be eligible. So they didn't come during the first window, but there's another window in May, and I think you're going to see BYU add a couple of other transfers on the defensive side that will be immediately help immediately helping them as they get in the Big Twelve. So we can yeah. I can and I can't get too into that, but I but I, oh, I, yeah. I can tell I you that it. that'll be good. That that'll be good. Yeah, and, and you know, and it's, there's no guarantee those guys. They're, 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 there's a reason why they're transferring, right? It's not, there's no guarantee that those guys are going to be great, right? Right. But last year, I mean, we had I mean, a couple years ago, you had the Nakua brothers come and they were unbelievable. But then you've had a couple other guys like Brooks and you had um, Hamuli come. Those guys didn't do much. So it's not a it's not a, a a sure shot that these guys are going to come in and contribute and be a big time players for the for the, I was going to say Steelers for the Cougars. Yeah, it's it's funny because you, you you like guys that remember when Puka and Samson transferred, they were starters and some of the best players on their team. They transferred because they they wanted to be closer to their mom and they wanted the culture. Um, and and it's it's nice if you get a guy that is actually proven to transfer, and that doesn't happen very often. Because you're right, Chris. Most of these guys are like I don't like the role I have here, therefore I'm leaving. So every guy BYU can get that wants a culture change, that's already a proven commodity. Yeah. One, one of the guys I'm thinking of, and we'll see because it's a different level, but but Aiden Robbins, um, who's the running back that's coming in, Chris was a thousand yard rusher last year at UNLV, and we talked to Kelly Papinga about him. He's like, oh dude. We knew he was their guy. We designed the defense, and Boise State was a top 20 defense, and he still rushed for 123 yards on us. So guys like that yeah. are, are a little more proven commodity, but you're exactly right. The guys that are transferring because they weren't playing as much as they wanted to, who knows about those guys, right? Yeah, and I, and I struggle with this transfer portal. You know, I, I get it. You can't. People say you can't survive this nowadays in, in college football without it. 
But I just think it's it's kind of unfair to some of these players that come in and and they work their tails off, yeah. right? I think of last year, what's his name? Um, the running back, Pingo, what's his name? Um, um, man, I'm bad with names. Chris, uh, Chris, let's see who, Chris Brooks? No, uh, Chris Brooks came in. He was what? He stayed. He was gonna. He was gonna graduate, and he stayed around. Lapini, um, Lapini and, Katoa. Oh, Katoa. Yeah, Katoa. Katoa. Yeah. Right. I mean, he he was supposed to be the guy, and then they go out and they bring Brooks in, and so I, I just think you know I, sometimes it's it's a it's a bummer for these guys that work their tails off in the program and develop, and it's your time to shine, and they go out and get somebody else. So I hope there's some prudence used and some you know, and, and they don't just start grabbing guys. I, I think they they should do it the right way and and, and not hurt your program. And the people say, well, listen, I'm not going to come to BYU because doesn't matter. I mean, at some point they may go out and get somebody else like, like free agency in the NFL and replace me. Let, give these guys opportunities to, to, to prove themselves. Yeah. That's a great point. There's gotta be, there's gotta be great balance. Hey, let, let's, let's talk about you just a little bit, Chris, because you had to prove yourself. It seems like over and over again at BYU, you had to prove yourself. Um, let's go back to the 20, uh, 2001 NFL draft. That draft comes and goes and you're not drafted. Right, so nobody called your name. The Steelers sign you as a free agent. That's not an easy oh. pathway into that league. Um, Jamie says in an interview, your wife Jamie says that as a child you had a picture in your room that read, "The future belongs to those who believe." Right. So, so what kept you believing that your future was in the NFL, even though you weren't drafted and had to make it the hard way as a free yeah. agent? It, it was hard. Listen, but I, I knew all I needed was a chance. And, you know, the senior year, going into the senior year, I had heard that I had an opportunity that, that you know, teams were interested, have a good senior year. And listen, it was a real lesson to me that when the team does well, that individuals get these accolades, they get these awards, they get drafted. When the team doesn't do well, you see a lot of guys that you anticipated getting drafted. I mean, look at some of these linebackers that were supposed to go in the fourth round, third round, and now you don't even know they're going to get picked up. I, 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 you know, so some players, I mean, it's when teams don't do well, it hurts the individual stock. And, you know, we went six and six that year and, and I didn't get drafted and that's okay because that was part of my journey and um, got picked up by the Steelers. But I kept telling my agent, just give me a chance, give me in a camp, right? That's all I want an opportunity. I knew that I'd be able to fight my way on to some, some way somehow, but Blaine, like you said, it wasn't easy. This wasn't easy, man. I mean, going into camp, and I was literally the Steelers had a three-four defense, like I, like I mentioned earlier, and so they had they had ten guys in camp, ten defensive linemen. Well, I was the tenth guy, so I was the backup at nose, the fourth teamer at nose, the fourth teamer at both ends. I mean, my my signing bonus was twenty five hundred dollars. Oh my goodness! After taxes, it was like seventeen hundred and change. It gave me enough gas money for me and my wife and my oldest son Kate to drive out to Pittsburgh for camp. That's about it. I was broke after I paid for gas. Right. And so that's all I had. And, um, but I got into camp and luckily one of my best buds, Casey Hampton, um, he held out, he held out for a few extra bucks and it gave me an opportunity to get some snaps that I wouldn't have gotten if he didn't hold out and, um, was able to prove that I, that I, that I can do some things. I still was raw, man. I still had a lot to learn in that three, four defense, but coach Cower saw something in me, um, during that, during that training camp. And, uh, but it wasn't easy. I remember a couple of times calling my wife thinking, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, there's no way. I mean, I was waking up in sweats in the middle of the night, uh, just sweating um, because I just was having nightmares about, you know, not what was going to happen. 
but it all worked out. The Lord had a plan, and, and it worked out perfect for me. You played uh, 11 seasons with the Steelers. Yep. You won two Super Bowls. You got that lamp behind you, which is awesome. So <laughs> you got that going for you. Uh, and before we talk about some of those moments, how much fun was it spending most of those years with fellow Cougar Brett Kiesel there on the defensive line? How unique was that? Well, it was awesome. Listen, I mean, I remember going through my first year, and then Brett got picked up, and I think it was seventh round, and uh, he came out, and it was awesome. And he was playing with your brother, and that 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 position, the defensive line, we had four guys during my time. I played there for eleven years, but there were ten years where we had the same four guys of the six that they kept that we played together. I mean, Brett, you know, having that comfort with Brett and Sarah, his wife, um, all a lot of our kids are have the same age. Um, and then, um, you know, the other guys, I mean, we stuck together, we became like a family. And so to have that relationship with Brett and we still have, we still close. He just lives down the street. Um, and, uh, the other guys, it was special because, you know, Brett knew who I was. He knew what made me tick. And, um, it was fun to watch Brett. I mean, Brett blew up, man. He did a great job and had some really great years for the Steelers. Mm-hmm. You, you play in 114 games. Um, start, started 18 times, finished with 83 tackles, two sacks, a fumble recovery, and two Super Bowl rings. The first of those was in 2005, where you had a tackle in that Pittsburgh Super Bowl win over Seattle. You guys won 21-10 in that game. Was winning the Super Bowl everything you thought it would be? What was that like? Well, listen, it, it was huge. And, and, and people always ask me, what was the best one? We played in three Super Bowls, that team, right? Super Bowl 40, 43, and 45, and we won 40 and 43 lost 45 to the Packers. It was everything you could dream of, right? That first game that we played in, we were up in Detroit um, and uh, we're playing against uh, the um, Seattle Seahawks. And that was probably the greatest one because you had never been there before. It was all new. It was raw. It was, it it was just going through. It was just a thrill and something dreamt about your whole life. And um, so playing in that game, and I'll tell you what, a cool story about that, that tackle for a loss against Sean Alexander and that Seahawks. The night before the game, Coach Cower came into the defensive meeting room there at the hotel, and uh, he threw – he goes, listen, I was watching film. We're going to throw in this strong storm defense. And we line up on our double-bubble look, nose over the, over the center to it, tackles over the, over the ends, and then linebackers over the guards off the ball. And what we're going to do, we're going to bring the, the safety down, and we're going to storm them off the strong side, and we're all going to move this way because they like to run this play. And it was that play I shot – we called strong storm. I shot the weak side A-gap away from the strength. And redirect as the guard was trying to cut, trying to cut me off. I was able to hit his inside shoulder and redirect and get Alexander in the backfield. It was a great play, a great moment for me. But just as a guy who came out as an undrafted free agent to be able to play in the Super Bowl um, was amazing. I mean, if I can add one more story, sure. yes, of course. I think what's really great is you know you talk about those eighteen starts. If you know in those eighteen starts, the record was seventeen and one. Oh man. We were 17 and one in those 18 games I started. And, and uh, it wasn't because of me. It was because I was replacing a guy who was one of the best Steelers to ever play for the Steelers in Casey Hampton, first rounder out of Texas. Um, but everybody stepped up, uh, but it was a special time. And uh, that one loss that we had is kind of a funny deal. We lost, we were out in Oakland playing the Raiders. We held them the 97 yard, 97 yards. A total to offense? Yeah, been, been <laughs> How a, do you lose? Fumble, How do you lose in the NFL? Fumble return for a touchdown, and he had a pick six. Oh, gosh. For a touchdown, and we lost like 14 to six or something like that. It was it was just unbelievable. It was one of those games. It was kind of like when we lost to the Texans here at Heinz Field. We gave up 47 yards of total offense to the Texans, and we lost that game. 
Just one of those freak games. When you play long enough, you're going to have those. Former Steeler. Chris, Chris, I I feel your pain because anybody that watched us play in 1985 against Ohio State in the Citrus Bowl will know that they beat us 10 to – was it 10 to 6 or 10 to 7? 10 to 7. Yeah, and and on their 10 points – they returned an interception to the one-yard line and scored a touchdown. Then they had another interception, got thrown for a sack, and kicked a field goal. I think they yeah. had 10 points on minus 11 yards of total offense. Unbelievable. Wait, it's, just, it's, it's, it's like, how does that happen? even happen, right? Long. Yeah, when you play the game long enough, you're going to have those kind of games, especially against the Texans weren't very good that year, or the Raiders weren't very good. And it's like, what in the heck just happened? Yeah, those you're games. home from Oakland. <laughs> what in the world? Those games happen. yards and lose? <laughs> Former Steeler and BYU Cougar Chris Hoke on the Wise Guys tonight. He finished his senior season at BYU in 2000 with 15 tackles for loss, earned second-team All-Mountain West Conference honors. Steelers back in the big game in 2009 for the wild 27-23 win against Arizona. Now there was a swing of emotions in the last four minutes of that game. Let's, let's go through them. First, the defense gives up a bomb to Larry Fitzgerald, and the Cardinals go up by three with 237 to go. What happened? Uh, just somebody biting, you know, we, we called it biting the cheese. Somebody saw something underneath. <laughs> and, coach, and Coach LeBeau and Keith Butler, who was the D- linebacker coach at the time, became the Steelers D coordinator when LeBeau left. Yeah, they talk about it all the time, don't bite the cheese. And you have guys that come up and they see something underneath. And you guys remember, you know this, Blaine, as a quarterback, when you have somebody running an underneath route, there's somebody right behind them running right across them. And you're trying to get a guy, a safety or linebacker to bite on that inside route or underneath route, to throw over the top. And uh, I won't call anybody out, but somebody get on the cheese <laughs> and the ball was thrown and um, it's a nice throw to Larry. And, and I, I you know, I could have played that a little better. Ike Taylor, our corner. Um, but it was, um, it was a play, but it, it, what it did, it set up for a dramatic ending. To win yes. So quarterback Ben Roethlisberger drives the team down the field. He hits Antonio Holmes with a game winner with 35 seconds left in the game. Happiness is restored. What did that feel like? It was unbelievable. I mean, it was crazy. And listen, we always felt we were so confident those teams playing. We always felt like we were going to win a game. We worked so hard during the week. We practiced. There were times when we'd get out there on Sunday and the game felt like it slowed down compared to how hard Coach Cower practiced us. And, and, and so we got out there. We always felt confident we were going to win. So even when they scored that touchdown, we knew, hey, we got an opportunity. We got a chance. And uh, we, we were in the Super Bowl. We won the last one we won. We're going to march down this field. And, and to start it off, you remember, I think it was the first play of that drive, Chris K. Moyachi, Utah Ute. Yeah. Well, starts. So we're sitting at first and 15 That's to start right. that drive. And we still march down that field. Um, this one of the greatest finishes to that game. I'll tell you what, the, the one thing that set that up, that, that would have never happened if at the end of the first half, James Harrison wouldn't have intercepted that ball and took it back for a touchdown in the half. That's right. There's yeah. plays. Everybody thinks the plays won in the last game, uh, last play of the game, but there's little plays all along the way that make a difference, and they forget about a pick six that, that sets right. you up to be in a position, and then people always forget about what happens in the first half, but it's all part of the game. We're, we're going to talk to you about so – I want to add, ask you one other thing. We're going to get into some bigger picture stuff, and maybe this is a big picture thing too, Chris. Um, I, I want to talk about the fact that I always felt like you were a great great fit for the Steelers because of the way you would just grind. I remember you as a grinder when I was covering you. At BYU, and it feels like we were teammates because everybody that played for the last 34 years, I well, 38 years because I played for thir- you know for five years, and then I've known everybody, and you all feel like brothers to me, even though 
Chris is way younger than me, everybody, just so you guys know. But <laughs> but but I always felt like, man, Chris is going to do great with the Steelers because of the way he grinds. And that's I knew that that Bill was that kind of coach and that you would be a great fit there. Um, but I want to bring, give people um, a, shed a little bit of light. And I, and I hope you remember this. You were there the, the first year and you called me and you said, hey, dude, I want to update my resume. And I was like, what are you talking about? Update your resume. Like you're grinding. You're going to make this team. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I, I'm Blaine. I'm going to grind. And you know, I'm going <laughs> to grind like nobody's business, but I always have a plan I B. So I want to update my resume because I want to get in med device. If, if this doesn't work, you help me update the resume. And I was like, absolutely. Let's do it. So we worked on a little bit. So, so now you make the team and you're a regular part of the rotation and year two comes in the off season. And you say to me, Hey, can we go over my resume again? Um, and I'm like, of course we can go over your resume. I'm like, dude, you're making the team. Like, are you going <laughs> to, will you please stop with this? You're going to make the team. Then you did it year three. So, so for three years, you checked in with me to make sure that your plan B resume was in shape, but every time promising me that this didn't mean anything other than you were prepared, but you were going to go grind with a chip on your shoulder and then finally by year four, I'm like, dude, you got to stop with this nonsense. Like you're going to be on this team for as long as you want to be on the team. And, and then we stopped, we stopped updating the resume. To me, that's a great lesson to everybody that's listening about playing with a chip on your shoulder, about never thinking you've arrived. Am, am I misreading that? Or is that part of who you are? And is that why you played for 11 seasons in the NFL? Oh, you're, you're, you're totally reading there were a couple that was that, that was what how I approached every day. And listen, I was in my 10th season and I approached it like my first. And I kind of created that that experience. I created that mindset every single time with the camp. And I always felt like I was the guy who was they were looking to replace me. And there was a point there, like my fourth year, when I knew that there was about five, six years there that, you know, I was gonna make the team. But I created that feeling within me, right? Like, hey, I'm one play away from being cut. And so you're exactly right. And what I felt was, is a, I was a new father. My son Cade was born in January, um, right after my senior year at BYU. So I, I felt the responsibility to provide for my family. So I thought, listen, if this doesn't work out, I've got, I got to have something to fall back on, right? And but you know, as things went on, I always created that mentality like, it's I'm one play away from being cut. They're trying to replace me. They're bringing guys in, uh, and I think that's what gave me the edge. I mean, Blaine, if you knew how many sleepless nights I had in training camp, uh, it probably adds up to year, a year or more of sleepless nights because I played 11 seasons and, and um, what, 30 plus 45 days in, in, in training camp. I mean, a lot of sleepless nights. And um, because I always felt like this could be my last day and uh, it worked out for me. You know, I wish I, sometimes I wish I would have enjoyed it a little more. I wouldn't have created that mindset, that mentality. But it worked out for 11 years. Well, I, I've, I've always felt like that, you know, when people, when I think of the Chris Hoke story, I think of that because I think of this is a guy that was crazy talented, but never would let himself believe he was too talented to work. Right. And, and uh, what, what a lesson for, for young players, right? Like you got to grind no matter how gifted you are. And that's the difference between okay and great. And you've, you've been a great example of that. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, and, and the thing is, you've heard the saying before, and Heinz Ward, who was a great teammate, um, and he, he he wore the shirt all the time because he was counted out a lot because he wasn't the most talented guy. And he'd always wear a shirt that I really, really connected with and said, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. There were a lot of guys that came into the NFL that were more talented as me, 
but they weren't willing to pay the price. A few more it. questions for former Steeler Nose and defensive tackle Chris Hoke on the Wise Guys. We're live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and wiseguys.com. How have your playing days at BYU, and especially in Pittsburgh, helped you be an effective president of the Pittsburgh North Stake? What did the game teach you about life? I think, I think it taught me um, hard work. Listen, it, 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 it takes hard work to play in the NFL. It's, it's hard to get in the NFL. It's even harder to stay. It takes even more work. And, um, and as a stake president, you've got to work. You've got to be anxiously engaged in the work of the Lord um, every single day. And it takes, it takes a focus. It takes an effort. It takes a desire to, to, to do everything the Lord's asking you to do. Because there's a lot that we're being asked to do, right? And, uh, and so the, that work ethic and that passion, you can see that I have passion. I have passion for life. I have, I have passion. The passion you see right now is the passion that I have for my calling. I love serving the Lord, and it's, it's I love doing that. And so, um, one of, that's one of the things that I really I'll tell you what my passion for football, guys, was truly, truly strengthened throughout those eleven years because I had to embrace every element, every aspect of the game of football. Right? I had a, my Casey Hampton, my, my my best buds. He was so gifted and so talented. He could show up out there and just play and dominate. That's how good he was. I had to embrace every aspect of the game of football. I had to watch film more than anybody. I had to go out there and practice before and after practice more than anybody. I had to know that playbook inside and out. And I've taken that same um, same passion um, to everything I do outside of football now. Um, and I've taken that same passion and um, and just really the the enthusiasm to the work. Let, let, let's talk about it in, in reverse because – I've always known you as a man of faith and I've known you for almost 30 years now. Like I met you the first time in 1994. Isn't that crazy? Where did all these years go, Chris? But 1994, I met you and then you headed off on a mission. I've always known you as a man of faith. How did your faith um, throughout this whole time help you maintain some semblance of normalcy and a connection to to our heavenly father while you're in this game? That's such a tough game and so violent. How did that keep you grounded? It did because I knew that who was the source of all my strength. I knew that the Savior was the one who was going to give me all the strength I needed. And I realized that if I ever forgot about him and forgot about what he's done for me, what he's given me, that as quickly as I, I everything was given to me in the NFL, it could be taken away. And I really felt that way. And uh, and so I made sure that my faith was front and center. Um, you know, we played on Sundays. There were times when I, I didn't get to church and, and I made my little, I had my little it wasn't the same. I wasn't able to partake of the sacrament, which is important and critical as we receive strength each week. But the reality is I took my mornings and I would read the scriptures on Sunday, wherever I was at, and I would kneel down and pray. And I would do all those things they need to do to make sure that I connect with the father and the son. And, and that was super important to me. Right. Um, I remember sitting in a locker room before games, being overwhelmed and being just super stressed out and singing, be still my soul. Mm my in my in my mind in my heart and pleading with the lord to um and i remember singing i need thee every hour i remember sitting in the locker room many times and just singing those songs to bring me comfort and peace through the spirit uh, it played a major role i also knew the importance of family right I, it was the nfl is a unique a unique environment and culture um and uh and people can allow the nfl to get the best of them and i knew how important my family was to me and i knew that that one decision could ruin my eternal destiny. 
And so I knew how important it was to be there with my wife, Jamie, and be there with my kids and be a father uh, and not get caught up in the FL lifestyle. Um, so that, that, again, understanding the family, understanding the role of the family in, 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 in receiving eternal life. I, I, I knew I grasped all that. I knew all that. And so it was front and center of my life and I wasn't gonna let anything get in the way. So, so if you're singing, be still my soul in the locker room, you get out there on the defensive line. Are you singing master? The tempest is raging as you go after the quarterback. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I'm singing that go, go out there. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I'll tell you this though. I remember one time we were in a preseason game against the green Bay Packers. And I, I, uh, William, William Gay, who played for this years, came down to make a tackle. I was playing the weak side, a gap. And he came to shoot the B gap on the weak side, and and he and he got spun around and took out my leg. I thought I tore my knee up. This is a preseason, and it, it was still those years when I was battling. And I remember being there on the field in complete pain, and just praying and praying and praying and praying for help, playing for grace, playing for strength, um, and and the ability that this wasn't as bad as it felt. Um, and I felt the Lord with me the whole time. Amazing. That's great. All right, a couple more, and then we're going to hit you with five questions yeah. and let you get back to your work. What, what, uh, how's Elder Nate Hoke doing? Yes. Where is he serving, and when are we going to see him? Oh, man. So Elder Nate Hoke, yeah, he's going to come home, what, one day shy of two months. He'll be home May 20th. He's in Bahia Blanca, Argentina. He's an assistant to the president. Couldn't be prouder. He's just, he's just a hardworking guy. Um, it's, it's been fun to watch his growth and development on his mission. You know, the mission provides experiences and opportunities for growth that no other experience provides. And uh, it's it's a beautiful thing to watch my son and, and watch him grow spiritually and watch his foundation become more and more solid, more and more firm and, and steadfast um, for the, in the cause of Christ. And uh, man, it's, it's awesome to see. And, you know, we just talked to him yesterday because it was, it was Monday and um, you know, he's excited to come home. He's excited to jump back in. He, you know, he's, He's he's good shape. Man, he's this this kid got a lot of potential. He's six three, two about two fifteen to twenty, and he's lost a little bit of weight on his mission. But the good thing is he's long. He's he's broad shouldered. He played inside linebacker in, in high school, so really he's got a lot of position flexibility. He can, can play. Can he play? Because because you you and I have talked about him before. Because he's got he's got that length and range. He can play inside. He can play outside. He could even move down and play a rush end. Right. He can play yeah, any yeah. of those. Exactly. That's what I was telling, you know, telling my wife yesterday after we hung up on the, on the call is because if he played, I said, listen, he played inside linebacker in high school. And so he understands all those reads, right? He understands how to play that. It would be harder if he was DN trying to send him and play inside linebacker. So he's played that. He could play outside linebacker. You said he could play edge. He could play even, he could probably put on some weight and play DN, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's the difference when you're a six, three kid with long arms and broad shoulders, and, uh, and so I'm excited to see him come back and, and see his growth in that way. Fun stuff. So are we going to see him uh, fall semester in class out here uh, getting going or what? I, 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 I'm not sure yet. I know that they have these guys. That, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. Sometimes there's a little delay there. So I apologize okay. I'm talking over. Um, he, um, he, we don't, I don't know exactly. Sure, I was out there a couple of weeks ago and, uh, yeah, I think there's 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 a deal there where they kind of like to grace some of these guys because yeah. he's coming home May twentieth. I'm not sure what's going to happen. I, I know that he would like to get out there and train and let's see where he's at and let the chips fall where they may. And if it's gray shirt, it's gray shirt. Um, he's still a pup, guys. I mean, he'll right. come home from his mission May twentieth. He's he got he's still nineteen for eight more days. So <sighs> he's the, the youngest. Um, he's, he's that's young. Yeah, yeah, he's so it's it's an interesting fly. Like so, Kalani came in. Chris, give you a little. And I know you've been talking to these guys. 
and and they noticed the percentage of guys back from their mission in their first year of of serious injuries compared to everybody else was off the charts like not good and yeah. and so they a couple of things first of all they changed out some things in the strength staff because they want to do things differently but Kalani said every single person that I can have come work out with a team in gray shirt to get their feet back under them. And it's not so much their musculature and their strength and speed. That comes back fairly quick. It's the connective tissue and all those things that take a little bit of time that they've lost during the two years. That he's just so worried about the well-being of these kids that if, if at all possible, they want to let them have at least a full fall semester um, to work out, be with the team, learn things before they stick them back out there and put them at risk. And he was pretty, he's holding pretty hard to that. Yeah. And then Logan Fano came as one of the top recruits in the country. And he was so good that they said, maybe we need to make an exception for Logan. And then he tore his ACL. Yeah. And then I think. Yeah, I, Blaine, I, I got to push back on that a little bit, buddy. You know, friendly. It, it, an ACL is a freak thing, man. I, I just don't think an ACL. I mean, uh, my boy Cade came back and, and, and he. He in that last scrimmage at, at uh, Lavelle Stadium, he he broke his thumb. We can right. blame that on the mission. Hey, come on, <laughs> that, that, that's not a mission a broken thumb. But I see what you're saying. What? Why are we only hearing about this now with Kalani's team? But before that, nobody ever talked about it. Yeah. Well, it, here I've talked it, about. Hey, Chris, I've talked about it for for ten years now because yeah, because yeah. BYU's injury rate for return missionaries is ridiculous. We we had one year, Chris, more ACL injuries than the entire Big Twelve Conference. One year. I, I, that could be something to do with the strength training. Because well, and then, there's, and then there's, that, there's they're, lo- they're, they're looking at that too. But, yeah, there's but, exercises but, you can do to really protect that ACL. And if you don't have the right strength in the, in the quad and right strength in certain parts of your hips that, and flexibility, you're putting and, too much pressure and, and on I, and I've had a lot of conversations with orthopedic surgeons because you know that's my business. And here's what they say. They say that muscle, you lose it quick, you get it back quick. Connective tissue grows and thickens and strengthens over your entire lifetime. It's really, really yeah. slow. Over two years out on a mission, it thins. And it takes way longer for your ligaments and tendons. So shoulder injuries, ligament injuries, that kind of stuff. Yeah. It takes those much longer than it takes the muscles to come back. And so all of a sudden, you're playing with a torque level that, that those haven't had a chance to thicken up and get tough and, and weathered again, right? And, yeah. and so, and this is all theoretical because nobody's done a study on it, but I, I would tell you there's a lot of orthopedic surgeons I talk to that go, yeah, I think that's a thing. I think they yeah. need longer for that stuff to strengthen up. I, I think there's something to that, but I also think there's something to not hitting enough. Man, listen, we banged when we played. Blaine, you know that. When yeah. I was at the Steelers, when I first got to the Steelers, we hit. Man, we hit. And you talk to some of these guys that played in the 80s for the Steelers, um, and it's you got to condition your body, and you got to work your way into it, and if you're only hitting full speed twice a week, of course you're going to hurt yourself. Why do you think gonna, there's more injuries in the NFL right now than ever? Yeah, because they're not hitting hard. It'll hit. You'd be, you'd be happy. <laughs> you would happy to know, Chris, that that Dave and I went to practice the other day, and they were going live when we were in spring ball. We loved it. It was so fun. That's Listen, got to do if you if you want to have a physical team, practice physical. If you want to have a soft team, don't put pads well, on. Well, it was funny oh. because I'd said to Dave, I was like, "Here's the hard part. I want to see who these running backs are." But they'll never tackle him to ground, so we won't know. And then we went to practice, and I go, oh, my bad. They're tackling him to the ground. This is great. <laughs> There's something to be said about conditioning your body for the for the grind. Yeah, I agree. Right? If you're not conditioning your body for the grind, you're going to have these injuries. So, Logan, I bet you go back and you look at the time leading up to that. 
I bet you he had very few full contact or or putting strain on that on those ligaments and tendons before that. I, I mean, one of was only a couple practices before that. Yeah, and, right? he, and he looked like got a torque. You got Logan a, looked got like a, uh, he looked like Hercules musculature, but he'd only been back. Like I've never seen a kid look like Hercules so fast after a mission. Like he he looked like the part, Big. and I was like, oh man, I hope like and and so and then he was but. Yeah, who, who knows? They've it's got to do bad. It's too bad we lost him, too, man. I mean, that's a, yeah. that's a tough loss. Yeah. When we Broke. see uh, Elder Hoke, we will corner him. Yes, we'll And then we'll him. get him on Wise Guys and uh, pick his brain and see uh, well, see how much Steeler I, I, blood he's got in. I got a daughter in. coming to BYU next year, too, for gymnastics. So that's exciting. So, oh, well, I know what. The Elder and Sister Hoke both need to know that the Fowler House is close to campus, and when they need a little taste of home, they just need to come over and hop in the hot tub and yeah, have a I will, visit. I will let them know that. Well, I'll make sure that the introduction is <laughs> made this August. Absolutely. You got to let, let us get to know them a little bit. Brendan, I, we're, we don't have kids at home anymore, so we love when anybody comes to visit us. So Let's wrap up with five questions for you. Ready? Love it. Let's do it. Okay. These, you don't even get to think about them. You just have to, what comes to your head? I'm, I'm not real good at this kind of thing, but I'll do my best. Right. No, you'll get, you got these. Favorite sports movie? Oh, Rudy. No question. I love Because there's this big divide it's a lot between, of guests, between Rudy and Remember the Titans. I'm a Rudy guy. Yeah, my kids are remember the Titans. I'm a Rudy guy. Yes, okay. yeah, I'm, that I'm, was important to me when I was in high school. Yep. Favorite singer or band? Favorite singer or band? Oh, I listen. All, my all-time favorite is is Billy Joel. Or, I go Billy Joel or you two. All right. Nice. Those are good ones. Hey, Journey is coming to uh, Stadium Fire, Fire this summer. It's gonna be great. It'll be pretty fun. Awesome. Favorite breakfast cereal? I'm not a cereal guy, but I would say if I was a granola. Oh, see, you're, now he's going with the Danny Ainge eat healthy thing. <laughs> Listen, oh, Kyle Van My breakfast of choice is peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That's, okay, that's see, now, now I'm feeling you. Now I'm feeling you. So granola, okay, we're going to let you do that just because you, you did the caveat that you'd rather have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Kyle so. Van Noy was on with us a couple weeks ago, and he said no cereal at his house. And then you've come back with granola. We're on a losing streak of yeah, cold cereal. Because everybody else said Lucky Charms and Fruit Loops, which I was really happy about. That made me feel good yeah. about myself. But now, now, the granola thing. And that's why Chris is so thin right now look at him he's look good so favorite nfl quarterback to sack oh man i'll tell you what i i think the one that the sack uh i I was able to get down aaron Rodgers one time back early in his career i love it did you say anything to him when you you had him down no i i think i got up so fast because i was so fired up i didn't have i didn't say a word except for i started screaming (laughs) (laughs) and he may be with the jets before we know i don't know that thing's not working out so well your favorite lavelle edwards memory Oh, goodness. Um, you know what? It's a great story. Um, I remember going to see him before my mission. And uh, I was there as a true freshman and then left for two years. And I was super nervous about going on a mission. I thought, oh, man, if I go away from this game for two years, there's no way I'm going to be able to come back and be able to play at the level that I'm playing right now. Because I felt like I had a pretty good um, redshirt year working against Roger French and those old line linemen. I felt like I really improved. And, uh, but I knew I needed to serve a mission. And I remember going to see coach Edwards in his office, he and I, and, um, and sharing with him some of my concerns and, and he just comforted me and he, he assured me that I was, I was supposed to go on a mission. And he told me, I remember this just so clearly that he said, Hey, you know, if you go out and serve the Lord, you will come back and be a better football player than you were when you left. And sure enough, I mean, it was, it was almost prophetic. Uh, I came back and I mean, it was, it was beautiful. And I, I really always appreciated that experience with him because I knew where his priorities were. He, he was a football coach. Yeah. He was, he was a, really a, a, a leader of men 
more than that. Yeah, this amazing impact that he's had on so many of us. And then the last one, this is a bonus question. I'm giving you the sixth one because it's always fun. Best advice you ever received from your wife, Jamie? Oh, goodness. Best advice I've ever received from my wife, Jamie. Um, shoot, she's giving me so much good advice. I, I'm just trying to think what the best one is. It, you know what? I, I think she she helped me to, to really um, be a really good father. And it was just to, to love my children unconditionally and always be there for them. We have, I, I feel very blessed um, to have the family that I have. We're a very close family. Um, and so just to love my children and, and to love them hard and to be there for them. And uh, that's all been, I don't know if there's really a line, but that this kind of like the, the message she's always shared. And um, I feel like it's come back tenfold. Are you the uh, first stake president in the church who uh, is formally introduced each time you speak as a two-time Super Bowl champion? <laughs> is that president, <laughs> president, two-time Super Bowl champion, President Hoke will address us. Right or... <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think. You know what's I, funny is I don't know any others. There may be. I mean, what would Vi have? How many did Vi have? Did Vi have a Super Bowl? He didn't have any Super Bowl. I didn't no. have any Super Bowl. No, Vi's a pathetic loser compared to you. <laughs> You know what? It's it's interesting. It's um it's one of those things that you know that I that everybody knows about, and I become. It's funny in the church, people just look at me, President Hope. They don't they don't look at me as a Pittsburgh Steeler. But when you walk out of that building in those yeah. buildings that we go into every Sunday throughout the stake, um, I'm I'm not known as a stake president. I'm known as, as Chris Hope, Pittsburgh Steeler. You know, because I still have a presence on TV. I still do the the post game shows. I still do a radio show during the week. Yeah, and so that's that's kind of who I am outside of but who I really am is what goes on in those buildings every Sunday. We appreciate having you on the wise guys and how you represent BYU and your family and, and uh, just spectacular. Thank you so much for being with us today. Hey guys. Thanks for being patient with me, Dave. And, and I, I sure appreciate you guys having me on and, and go kooks. Anything you need from us, just holler. And you we know, look forward you, to seeing your kids. You this got fall. our numbers, Chris, anything you need, you got it. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Have a wonderful time. Thanks for having me on the great Chris Hoke. Pittsburgh Steeler, BYU Cougar, and the Wise Guys. That was spectacular. He's they so took good. us right into some stuff, tackling Sean Alexander in the Super Bowl oh, for man. loss and Sack- singing hymns in the locker room. Favorite quarterback is when he sacked Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, which, yeah, which is awesome. That's with good the Packers. Stuff. Yeah, he's played like Chris played in some big, big time games. So fun. You know, in football, his football presence in Pittsburgh has elevated him to do so many great things. Uh, outside of the church, but as a representative of BYU and the church as a stake president back there. And, and, um, and you've seen it throughout your entire life and, and um, football opens doors yeah. that are yeah. typically closed or basketball or sports, or they just open doors for opportunities where people go, you know what? I, I don't really have an opening, but I really enjoyed watching you play. Next thing you start talking before you're done, you go, you know what? I think I'm going to make an opening. I want you to be a part of this and, and all those things. The way relationships develop is awesome, and so much of it is attached to what we watch, yeah. who and, we know. And it's, it's interesting because um, Super Bowl champion is just such a rare thing, yeah. right? It's such a rare thing. And once you win a Super Bowl, um, it's almost like anything you get introduced at uh, almost for the rest of your life, it's like, oh, <clears throat> this is Chris Hoke, two-time Super Bowl champion. That moniker is attached to your name, it seems like, forever. Um, no matter how you try to shake it, it's a big deal to win, to win Super Bowls. It's really, really cool. But, but the way Chris handles that, 
is really endearing because he's just like, he doesn't, it's great. And he knows it's great, but he doesn't make yeah. that big a deal out of it because there's so many things in his life that are more important than that. And isn't that refreshing? But yet in his den, you see the Steeler lamp oh, yeah. and the this you and love that. It. You and love it. You listen to him talk about defense and you're just like, you know, go tackle somebody. Well, he's, and he's still in it. And, you know, as he mentioned, he does radio. Um, it covers the Steelers. Yeah. Um, and so he's still very, very much in the game and understands the pro game and understands technique and all that. So when he starts giving his opinion on on, on that kind of stuff, it's really valid. He's, he's a guy that still stays part of the game, which is really fun. For our final few minutes, let's go back over uh, the um – Alumni game, which is coming up, because we promised that we'd talk about the receivers and tight ends. Right, As we do that, Roger Thomas on YouTube sent us a question. Could BYU TV create non-Big 12 content that they could broadcast like men's volleyball, which they'll continue to do because men's volleyball is not going to the Big 12 because men men's volleyball doesn't exist in the Big 12? Uh, for example, the hockey team. That's an excellent question. We've, we've heard that question before. I don't know, but the next time we have David Phillips on, we'll ask him that. Yeah. Um, it's a whole new world for BYU TV as we, as we still kind of adjust to what is it we're going to be able to do and what is it we're not going to be able to do and what are the options and certainly hockey and, and some lacrosse and some of those things would be options that we haven't really delved in before. But let, why don't we ask before we just say there's not a snowball's chance because we're not sure, but we will ask and get back to you on that. Well, because I, uh, I also think, Dave, and you and I have talked about this a bunch along to, uh, with, with the guys we had on the show last week, but there's some things that we may not be able to do in the first year that as we get comfortable with the Big 12 and they get comfortable with yeah. BYU, that the Big 12 may go, you know, we don't know why we're not letting you do this. Go ahead and do this. Right. And so as time passes and trust develops and BYU becomes a big, a full partner, I think you'll see BYU TV do more things than they do in the very first year. Yeah. And there's certainly plenty that we'll do with shoulder shows and game days and and you know after further review and all of those shows that we do are going to be there and then some but i think the actual live sporting events could grow over time as the relationship builds alumni game coming up on march 31st that's a week from friday 5 p.m mountain time 7 eastern chris hoke that's seven o'clock where you are in pittsburgh uh, on byu tv last week we talked about the quarterbacks ty detmer max hall john beck Brandon Doman, it's going to be awesome. We don't know if Steve Young's going to show up or not as a wild card. But the tight ends and receivers these guys elite. are going to throw to are worth showing up for, even if it wasn't these big-name quarterbacks. Yeah, elite level. Let's start with the tight ends. For the Royal team, suiting up at tight end will be Andrew George, Daniel Coates, Carlos Nuno, Tavita Ofangawe. For the Navy, Johnny Harleen, Devin Mahina, Dennis Pitta. Now, uh, yes, Beck to Harleen is likely going to happen. Yes, it is. As John Beck's going to throw for, for the Navy. Dennis Pitta is, uh, you know, this is the first time we've seen him on the field as a Hall of Famer. Right. Now that he's in the BYU right. Hall of Fame, who knows? But then you go to the receivers, and this is where you start going. One team appears to be stacked. They're both stacked. But, but they've I got agree. plenty. Let's go over Royal. Yeah. So, Margin Hooks, who we... we you know, Margin. It's been on the show. It's been on the show and did a phenomenal job. Kaipo McGuire, K.O. Kalalui. Now we're talking about the 1996 championship team out there on the field. Um, James Dye, Trey Dye. So father son combo. It's like their whole team hey, are receivers. By the way, both in phenomenal shape. Yeah. Um, Neil Pau, who I just saw in the gym early, early this morning working out. He's still trying to say uh, pro healthy, right? Justin Anderson. Um, Reno Mahe. Not in tremendous shape. That's okay. He'll be out there. <laughs> Colby Pearson. 
And Aleba Hifo. Hifo was the star last right. year. And then how about Mitchell and Garrett Jurgens, the twins, coming back? So they're, they're, they're all on Royal. Yeah, all so on that's, Royal. That's, so that's who's Ty's throwing to. All those guys. Yeah, Ty's recruited a lot of guys because he wants fresh legs. Right? <laughs> and young. Right. And, and then on the Navy team, like you, you cover the Navy team. You they only had four guys. Yeah. But it's Austin Colley, Cody Hoffman, Mitch Matthews, and Zach Colley. But you got the all-time, you got the receivers leader, you got the touchdowns leader, you got Matthews who can just throw it up like he did uh, against Nebraska and brought it down. Um, I don't see anywhere in this list where Brian Keel's going to come up with any big receptions. He, you know what? Brian may have some. Yeah, he might have some. Is Brian on Royal or Navy? He's on Navy, but he okay. uh, caught the game-winning touchdown pass last year on a Hail Mary, remember? I don't see that happening with these no, guys. No, I don't think Too so. Too many good guys many on good the receivers. field. So we're, we're going to talk about the defense next week. Um, Max Hall is going to come on with us. Return to the wise guys next yeah, week. To we have to. Three days before the game, he'll preview the game. And he'll show us how Ty's gotten ready. And can I tell you that he's, you know he's going to talk some smack. So just get ready for you that. You have to, yeah. Just get ready for that. We're looking forward to that. So um, join us. Join us with Max next week, and then the game will be um, just around the corner. Uh, unrestricted free agents. Jamal Williams signs a three-year deal with the Saints for twelve million bucks. Eight of it's guaranteed. I was surprised that the the Lions let him go, but when have the Lions been smart about anything? Uh, and now he's going to team up with Taysom Hill and the Saints. Um, Sione Takitaki had that one-year deal with the Browns for 2.6. Kyle Van Noy is still out there, and Daniel Sorensen yeah, still I, out I there. I had a really nice visit with Kyle's mom and dad the other night. Um, and by the way, they watched the show that Kyle came on, and they thought it was awesome, oh, as, good. as we did. And his dad works at BYU, right? like and Kyle so, told us. So we, I talked to mom and dad, and, and they gave me a little insight, but I promise not to say anything. Hopefully by next week we can say but something. But it's optimistic? There's some, yeah, there's 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 a there's an opportunity that he's been working on. Good. Kyle's going to be with the team. They just have to figure out where, and they have a, a decent idea of who they're negotiating with, but I, I'm not allowed to share that right now. All right. And then Danny Sorensen is still is still out there as an unrestricted free agent. So Some campus headlines for you this week. Uh, the basketball season's coming to an end for the women. They lost to Rice in the WNIT 71-67 back on Friday. Lauren Gustin, just 20 points and 20 rebounds. That's all she does. That's what she does. Nani Fawatea had 20 points. We'll see those two next year. Yeah, and they struggled in the first half and came back and played well in the second half. Um, we, I went to that game, and you, you broadcast it, didn't you? No, uh, Spencer was oh, on Spencer that one. Spencer did that yeah. one, that's right. But anyhow, I, I was... Had they gotten a better start, they had a chance. Um, BYU signee Kaylee Woolston uh, was named the Utah Player of the Year by Max Preps. She's a 5'11 guard, um, averaging 20.7 points a game. That's the second straight state title uh, for Lone Peak. She's one of uh, she's in a recruiting class of oh, shooters man. that are coming in. This is this team is one of the top recruiting class. Well, probably it is the top recruiting class BYU women's basketball has ever had. Ever had. And so, and right in, just in time for the Big 12, right? So Men's basketball freshman Braden Moore is in the transfer portal. He'd previously committed to Rutgers before BYU and had an offer from Kansas coming out of Tennessee. Banged up this last year. He redshirted six foot nine. Uh, but he didn't look 6'9 to me. You could have told me he was 6'6 out of bought it. <laughs> but he's in the portal. There'll be others, we imagine, as the roster shuffling and the portal shopping yeah, continues. And, and basketball, it, it's just – and, you know, you expect a, a couple of really good ads from the portal for BYU moving to the Big 12. I think Better, better. I think be. they're recruiting cachet because basketball is just so fluid and guys come and go. I think it was even hard to get guys to come play in the WCC last year. Yeah. Now you get some one-year guys or two-year guys, and you go, we're in the Big 12. I think you're recruiting a different level of athlete this year, hopefully. Eager, eager to see it. So men's volleyball, 12-6, um, and six, but they don't lose at home. 
No. So they're, they're 8-0 at the Smithfield House. This week, number 7, Pepperdine at number 8, BYU. Um, Friday and Saturday. They always do that where they play a couple of, they'll have a homestand. 7 p.m. Mountain on BYU TV, Jerem Jordan and, and Steve Vale on, on the call. They do a great job. Baseball team 6-12, and 1-2 and two in the WCC. And uh, Utah Valley earlier today, St. Mary's Thursday, Friday, and Saturday on BYU TV or the app. Uh, weather's going to get nasty around here. We're hoping we get some games in. Yep. Uh, I'll be on the call of those with uh, with Gary Shidey. Softball teams cruising along at 14 and 6. Right, right. So 3-0 uh, and o versus Utah Tech and Idaho State this last week. Um, Boise State at BYU um, today. Earlier today. Earlier yeah. today. Um, Thursday, Utah State at BYU, 5 o'clock Mountain. That one's on BYU TV, on the BYU TV app. And then Saturday, Idaho State at BYU in a doubleheader at 1 and 3 o'clock. We'll see how much of this gets in with this yeah. weather, so stay tuned. Hey, Brighton Ski Resort uh, here in Utah announced this week they had exceeded 700 inches of snow this ski season. 700. Would well, you remember the, the old thing is, hey, on a great year, BYU gets 500 of inches of annual snowfall at the resorts. 700, folks. It's been that kind of year. Yeah. We haven't had spring yet. We're hoping to have it. Yeah. Shout out to women's gymnastics. They're in the NCAA regionals. They're going to compete in L.A. They'll start with a play-in match against Boise State on Thursday, March 29th. Also in that regional, you got fourth-ranked UCLA, fifth-ranked Utah. They're among the nine teams invited to L.A. The top two move on. We're wishing the best of luck. Hasn't been their best year. They've had some great individual moments here and there. But still good enough to get in the show. Yeah. And uh, we wish them the best against Boise State. And how about women's golf? They're in the Avenue Spring Break Classic in Lahaina, Hawaii, March 27th to 28th. I offered to go cover that for BYU TV if they would pay my expenses because Maui That's the is, kind of guy you are. Maui's my favorite place this time of year. And everyone said no. No. So I'm no. not going. But they are. Men's golf there at Stanford, the good one, March 30th and April 1st. So that's coming up. Yeah, and how, how about, about yeah, Zach yeah, Blair? Yeah, Zach Blair on PGA Tour. Um, top 10 finish at the Val, Valspar Championship over the weekend. I was he, watching Zach play. He was there. He was in fifth for a little yeah. bit. And I was like, hey, that's good money. And then dropped a little bit. Still picked up 180000 Yeah, when you tie for 10th, you get one hundred eighty grand. That's yeah, not bad. That's good. Good that's for him. So. All right, our March Madness Final Four selections is shaky. Uh, at least for one of us, it'll probably be shaky for me well, after that. You had that. Kansas winning the whole thing, right? So, and, and I, I'm but I had out. Houston, so I'm still, I still got. You still this. got that Baylor. But I, I had Kansas in my final four, and Baylor in my final four, and, and Purdue. Purdue. So those yeah. are gone. I had Alabama, Kansas State, and Houston in my final four. So your final they're still in, yeah, they're still in, but the champions gone. Yeah, it's been that kind I, of tournament. I, I watched Houston pretty closely the other day. Holy cow! You know what? It looks like a team of NBA dudes. I saw Gonzaga on Sunday night. And I saw them play the best I'd seen them play all yeah, season. Yeah, they, they're ramping it up for. And I didn't think they would beat um, uh, TCU. I TCU beating them because I didn't think they'd be tough enough. Yeah. And they were, and I was really impressed by them. TCU won this year by being, like, really physical and tough and defending like crazy. They're not a great scoring shooting team. I hope their whole team's that, gone by next that, year. And that came back to haunt them. Houston can defend better than TCU and has way more athletes yeah. and can shoot. I need Houston to beat Texas for me to beat Andrew and win a milkshake. There you go. So I that's what's that, going on. I hope that happens Thank for you. you. So. Thank you. On this day, March 21st, some interesting developments. Yeah, an NBA record 106 fouls are called in the Boston <laughs> at Syracuse game. 12 players fouled out. What if we game. had to announce that game? I would be out of my mind. We've announced games where there have been 50 fouls and we're out of our minds. Yeah. Uh, but 106, no way. No. 1961, Art Modell buys the Browns for $3.9 million. What? In 2022, the Browns franchise is valued at $3.85 billion. Wow. $3.9 million, $3.8 billion. 
Yeah, that's with how, a B. That's how things have so, changed. Yeah. Um, in 1963, the year of my birth, Alcatraz Island closed in San Francisco. Isn't that ironic? The year you were born, they closed the They just knew island that prison. I would bring a more common presence <laughs> to the world. <laughs> Thank goodness. And that they wouldn't need a we prison need island it. in Alcatraz. No, so. no. Did you ever see that show, Escape from Alcatraz? Oh, yeah. What, was that Clint Eastwood? Was it Clint Eastwood or was it... Uh, um, Oh, who's the guy that played the... I got to see that, because that, that got me night. thinking about it. I was thinking it was... Uh, oh, I'll think of it's it. It wasn't Al Pacino. Wasn't it? Am I, I Maybe have to it figure was. That out. Uh, we'll have to go Might back. have been Lee Swift. Uh, here, this was a big uh, night in my life. Oh, yeah, 1980. Uh, who Shot JR? The episode of Dallas airs on CBS. Then everyone had to wait till November mm-hmm. to find out who did it. An estimated 350 million viewers around the world tuned in to find out that it was Kristen, Sue Ellen's sister, that shot him. And, and Who can, knew? Can you believe like shows like MASH and Dallas and the, the following that they had back in those days? Now TV's so segmented. No show has that kind of following. Yeah, and there's 500,000 channels. And, yeah. and we don't have the patience to watch a weekly soap. I don't even, have, know, patience like, to, I don't even have patience to watch commercials. I, I flip know, between six channels. I hear so. you. March so, 21st, birthdays. Yeah, 1949. Eddie Money. Eddie Money. Yep. A lot of classics with Eddie Money. And how about 1962, Matthew Broderick, Ferris Bueller. Bueller. Born Bueller, today. Bueller. Which leads us into our Wise Guys inspirational quote of the week. This is one of my favorite quotes of all time. I would tell my kids this. I would like, because I think it's just so poignant and so applicable, especially today. Ferris Bueller said, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop a look around once in a while, you could miss it. Isn't that the truth? Amen, Ferris Bueller. Donk How many times do we just blow donk. through stuff? How many football seasons do we just blow through and they turn around and go, what happened is yeah, over now? No. You, you, it move, it's, everything's going too fast. You got to stop and look around. You're going to miss it. That's the point of the show, Don't the wise guys. miss it. We're, we're here to just help people stop, look around, yep. think, talk, visit, and live in the moment. That's what Keith Urban always says. Remember when we saw him down in Vegas? It's always like, let's just live in the moment right now. And, and forget everything for two hours, and let's just enjoy each other. And then he plays uh, like no one else can play. But it's kind of like that with the wise guys. We're, just, we're here to help you stop and look around once yep. in a while because so we don't you want don't, you to miss, you it. miss it. We don't want you to miss it. So we, do not want to miss, we do not want you to miss the opportunity to yep. get some of these bobbleheads. Get some bobbles. So let's run over that again. You can get the promo code right there. It's YSGUYS50. That's the promo code. That gets you 50% off. Of 1999. All these Cosmo bobbleheads from our friends at the BYU store. So you go there, use the code. Instead of 1999, you're like 10 bucks. You can get the whole. You got Elvis. You got the football. You got volleyball. What do you got over there? This is baseball, basketball, and soccer. Get the whole group, but but for right now you can you can't do it in multiple orders. You just got to go get them one at a time. And we're gonna work on where you can just go out like a thousand of those well, and be yeah, able to do well, it at ten I, bucks off. I want off. you to be able to buy six at a time, so you can buy each one of the different models available. Wise guys fifty. Is That's not uh, case sensitive. That's the promo code. Gets you fifty percent off. And uh, you know what we love? Hanging around and hanging out with our friends at the BYU yeah. store as we move on to this. It'll be fun. As we conquer the world. Hey, thanks to Chris Hoke for coming on with us this week. He was phenomenal. That was fantastic. And how about next week? Um, Elaine Bradley from Neon Trees. She'll be sitting right there. Drummer will be right here with us. Maybe the coolest person ever to come on our show. She might be. We've had some cool people, but Elaine, like, how can you be a cool mom and also be one of the greatest female drummers yeah. of all time. See, Danny Ainge can't do either of those two no. things. So, so maybe Elaine may be the coolest person ever to come on the show. I'm pretty pumped. Well, let's about market it. that as the coolest person ever is on next yep. week's show. Yep. And then Max Hall will be on as well as we get ready for the alumni game. Yep. That'll be for what a show next week. So podcast will be up tomorrow. 
uh, go to YouTube and subscribe, please. It's free and, and uh, it helps us grow the show and, and we're growing. We're growing. You know what? One sign that we're growing? We got six Cosmo bobbleheads sitting right here. That's today. right. <laughs> for Blaine Fowler, I'm Dave McKenna. Have a great week. We'll see you next week uh, for the Wise Guys as we get ever so closer to our first look at the spring scrimmage at Keaton Slovis and that alumni football game on BYU TV. Be fun. We'll, we'll break down spring ball with Max next week, too. All right. Take care. See ya. <laughs>